Welcome to the Teaching a Rockstar podcast, and on today's episode, we got my pal bringing it back, Joe Beckman. And uh, man, this this is one of the best uh, speakers I know on the road out there, doing it for kids and teachers, um, making a difference in the lives of people that um, have dedicated to their life to make a difference in the lives of kids. And te- he's got it all going on. Listen, he um, I, the first thing we're going to talk about is this thing I've been dying to know more about is this online hub he has um, for human connection and he's going to detail that thing because if I try I'll mess it up here we go teaching a rockstar podcast with Joe Beckman let's do this this is the teach like a rockstar podcast with Hal Bowman before we get this thing cranking out a quick word from our sponsor the Boston Scally Company I have found the absolute best caps on the internet at bostonscally.com. The Boston Scally Company is the online purveyor of caps with the most attitude. Some people refer to them as a flat cap or a Gatsby or an Ivy cap, but the cap everyone is really looking for is the traditional Boston Scally cap. Founded by the son of a lifelong educator, the Boston Scally Company designs and sells caps that capture the unique culture of the Boston people with an authentic style that is filled with blue-collar sarcasm, rugged integrity, and a truckload of attitude. Pick up the authentic Boston Scally cap at bostonscally.com. The Teach Like a Rockstar podcast with Hal Bowen. All right, man, break this thing down for me. How does this hub thing? First of all, don't tell me how it works. How did it all come to mind? Yeah, so um, about six years ago, I was working for another organization and I was leading retreats all day long. So I would do these five-hour day-long programs and they were inspirational and impactful and motivational. And yet they were one day and uh, I kept rattling the cages of all the people at the nonprofit that I was working at saying, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. We have to create something that will extend beyond the one day. And uh, although they affirmed that it was a good idea, they also affirmed that there was not enough people to uh, to possibly see all of that through. And so um, yeah. I'm the so- sort of guy that I guess I can only hear no so many times before I go, okay, then I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. Um, and so that was kind of like, the first sort of steps for me to walk away and start my own company and my own business was this idea of creating live events. That was great, but really more so of how can we extend that beyond the one day and how could we create something um, that schools could use that would be short, like bite-sized, like character-based clips um, that didn't take up a lot of time and also didn't cost a lot of money. And so over the last five years or so, we've been putting together all the little kind of pieces that go into it. And although it's still early on in the whole process, uh, we're pretty excited about what we got. Dude, it is a monumental undertaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you were first telling me about like what you were going to do, kind of what you had going on behind the scenes, I was like, what is he, how is he like, how is that even possible? I mean, you're, you're basically putting together, it's like an online university that, I mean, it's just the, the mountain of content that you guys have created is crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's not even like a curriculum in the sense that most people would see like something like this in a normal situation. It's, it's almost more of a library. I always call it like the Netflix of character education, right? When you go into Netflix, they don't tell you watch video A before you watch video B and then do follow up lesson C. They say, here's what you got. You know, you're an adult, you know, if you want to watch a Western or a documentary or a horror film or whatever. And we feel yeah. the same sort of applies. Like 
you're an adult, you know better than I do what videos you need in your classroom and we can absolutely provide you a path. But I think what teachers are missing so much in the education world, number one, is autonomy and the ability to kind of pick and choose what they need at that moment um, with those students. And so I'm really excited that that it's it's not a curriculum, that it is a library, and it's awesome that we'll continue to add to that library. Videos like this will get added to that library and um, more original content. You see, we have we have videos for students, we have videos for teachers, and we also have videos for parents. And so as we continue to grow this out, that library, just like Netflix, will continue to grow and grow and grow. Man, you know what I love about it is is a couple of things. Here is the, here's the first one. Like we're always talking about in terms of teachers, and you know I, I don't hear these conversations with parents, but because I'm so deep into the teacher world, is we're always talking about meet the kids where they are. Yeah. And if it's a curriculum, then that's a little bit challenging because we got to put together thousands of versions of curriculum to meet the kids where they are because all these yeah. kids are in different places. But if it's set up like this Netflix library, you really can't pick and choose what you need for what kid on that day, and it's perfect in those terms. Yeah. And again, it's short too. It's not anything that's going to take a mountain of time in order for you to accomplish. You don't, and, and all the lesson plans. So we have follow up lesson plans that go along with each of the videos so that if you had five minutes or 10 minutes or heck, if you had 45 minutes of a class time, if you're a leadership group, uh, and you're looking to fill afterwards, we have all of that created. Um, and so not only are the videos short and you could just use those, but we also have the ability to go deeper if you want it. And, and, and the best part of those is that was not created by me. Like I could have, but, uh, the experts are the people who are on the front line. So we partnered with counselors and teachers and administrators from all over the country. And that's the best part about the work that we get to do. We get to meet the best of the best, right? When we're at a live event, whether it's in Texas where you live or Minnesota where I live, we get to see the five or six or seven, sometimes 15, 20 uh, different, like real true rock stars that live in a school. And then we get to pick their brains afterwards. And I think I would be doing a huge disservice if I didn't take the brilliance that they had that I get to see and share it with other people. So we use them as a way to follow ups for some of our videos. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to continue to do more of that. Yeah, man. The, and here's the other thing I love about it is, um, I, for, I'm not saying this happens at every school, but I'm going to tell you that most of the schools I go to that have some sort of a homeroom built into it, especially at the junior high yeah. and the high school level, they have some sort of a homeroom where these kids come, where it might be 30 minutes or something. Um, for, for the vast majority of a man, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. It's just bad. It's not good. It's and a, here's a why. Glorified study hall at best. Yeah. Here's right? why. Yeah, I, let me tell you, let me say this, man. It is because um, I like teachers want to make a difference. They they wanted they they wanted ha, they want to do the work, man. They just don't know what to do or how to do it. And what I love about what you've created, it gives them everything they need. Yeah, and the the best part about it is, well, I keep saying the best part, the best part. But one of the other best part, and it's affordable too. Like the obviously. Um, it costs us to make these videos and to put it on a website and to all of our sort of like business costs that go along with it. But um, we're hoping at least as we continue, as we're launching it in year one and hopefully in year two, that we have it at a price point that teachers can afford because we know that everybody is stretched very thin the way it is. Um, yeah. And so um, we're hoping it would be really cool if we could get a sponsor like you have, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe we get to make backwards hats for us and uh, right. sponsor out so we can give it away. But uh, in the meantime, we're, we're keeping the cost pretty low uh, and 
you know, just trying to get as many people in the door as we can so that we can test it out and see what else we need to create. And, um, one, one project that's new to it that is incredibly exciting is, um, is, is, is a project for little kids. We, we have a lot of stuff for like high school and middle school, but we had very little, very few things for elementary and especially younger elementary. Uh, and so we partnered with a guy, an animator out of Iowa who used to, uh, create for Disney. And, uh, we put together our, our very first cartoon series called, uh, the Happy Cave Kiddos. Uh, and it's based on my three kids and it's just character based cartoons where they get into situations like any kids would get in, in elementary or middle school and they have to kind of figure their way out of it. And, yeah. uh, and I just, I'm excited about that just because I think there's very little out there for kindergarten, first grade, pre-K, things of that nature. And when's the best time to start talking to kids about character? as early as you possibly can. So yesterday providing uh, another option for the youngers as well, which we're excited about. Yeah, man, here's cool. Here's what's cool. It's like, you've kind of crowdsourced the content because that's the truth, man. Like how many times this happens to me all the time. I was just talking about the superintendent yesterday in Quitman ISD and um, we're having this, this conversation and, um, and I was telling her like how many times I have come into some school, like her schools and I walk by a classroom and there's some amazing educator just killing it in there or some counselor doing this amazing work. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be here like sharing. And this is this, they have this amazing rock star on staff. Now what I, man, I think it's just great that you've given those people a voice because I love that they're getting celebrated for the, for the experts that they are. Man, I, I was just reading. I don't know if this is something you're feeling or seeing or experiencing, but it seems like the state of state right now with educators is lower than it's ever been. And from a morale standpoint, yeah. I see more face. I just was on yesterday on Facebook and a very good friend of mine who I've known for 15 plus years, who is an incredible fourth grade teacher at an elementary school around us. She wrote this long post about how, how much she loves her students and how much she loves her job. And yet how she's never felt more disrespected, more beaten down by, yeah the system and, and, and sort of the, 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 you know, the, the ripple effect that happens beyond, you know, it goes with the system and, and parents and, um, and it's just sad. It's sad to think that the most important job on this planet is not seen and not like, it's not, it's not put on that pedestal like it should. And I, I hope that this is something I, I want to highlight the best of the best out there because I want other people to be inspired, um, to, to, to see that they, that their voice can be something that extends beyond just their classroom and that their impact goes further than just the four walls of their building. You know, man, it's so true. These, just the monumental challenges that educators have right now in the classroom and, and increasingly so every year. It's astounding. And then you see the number of teachers that are leaving. And just when, when, I, when I, I don't know about you, but when I stand on stage at a conference or something like that, just in the last few years, you can, the, the average age is drastically dropping where I'm looking out. And years ago, man, like 10 years ago, maybe average age was mid to late forties. Yeah. And now it's like late twenties, early thirties might be average age. It's yeah. shocking. It, and, and the average amount of time that teachers are, are in the profession is three years. And so yeah. it's like the cycle of, of younger teachers, which is great, right? That energy is awesome and their ideas are awesome. But I mean, think about it. When did you start getting good as a speaker? I don't know about you, but I've been doing it for 18 years. Probably like year 11 is when I started feeling like I really had my feet underneath me. 
The same thing goes probably for any profession, including teachers. And now by the time they get into year 10 or 11, they're so burnt out that, that this should be the prime time, right? This is when they should be the best of the best and doing, you know, like when they're re- like their wisdom and their experience is really sort of like all that investment for all that time is paying back. And yeah, it's like yeah. those people are leaving and it's like, man, we, we need that wisdom. We need those, those veteran teachers to, to be kind of the guiding light for the young people who are coming in. Hey man, is there anything that you can see that they have in common? Like those teachers that you, that you see, they have eight, 10, 12 years of experience and they're still fired up and they're still getting after it and they're still just so passionate. They seem like they're a first year teacher. I'm like, man, are you new to the business? And no, man, I've been doing this for a decade. Yeah. And, and, and is there anything that you found that they have in common that keeps them right there? Uh, I would say like one thing that I I generally see is obviously like the passion for the subject that they teach. It seems like they still, if they're a history teacher, they still love history. If they're a math teacher, they still love math for whatever reason, right? If they're they're an English teacher, they still like, they just, they have that fire in that subject that they teach and they really feel that what they're teaching is making an impact. I feel like that's inherently at the core. But then the other thing I also see, at least in the latest experience, is they also have like at least one, if not two other teachers that can help build them up, that right, yep. that, that help them through those tough moments and those lower times. And uh, I've met plenty of teachers ar- along the time that that have that second or third person and they don't even go to the teacher's lounge for lunch. They all just kind of hang out together and they feed off that positive energy with each other. And I think having a, a tribe within the tribe, um, I think that's incredibly important. It is, man. And there's a, there's a thing that I do when I take my be the one event across the nation and we're in schools. What are the, you know, I, I give them some options of things, some, some actionable strategies that teachers can do right now. And one of the things I, I, I throw out there and give them an option to do is we call it the daily hallway huddle. And it is when, when a group of teachers, three or four teachers come together at a predetermined time every day for just one minute, it happy, and I make them and we have to do it. We'll practice. It happens less than 60 seconds. And each yeah. one of those four teachers, loudly and proudly uh, describe something that's amazing that's happening with one of their kids in their classroom. And they stand right, right there in the middle of the hallway as kids are changing classes and doing their thing. And they, with, with passion, they talk about those amazing moments that are happening. Cause I think for me, man, what I've realized is for lots of educators, it's almost as if they get numb to the magic because they see it every day. You know, like when uh, if someone from outside the school world would come in and stand in the classroom, they would be in tears and they would be emotional. And I can't believe what's happening with these kids. This is amazing. But because we're teachers and we see it all day, every day, we're kind of numb to it and we miss the moment. And I think when we're forced to, to stop and recognize it and celebrate it with other educators, that right there, man, is so much fuel. Uh it, what an awesome idea. Like, I feel like, again, like let's take that, make it into a two minute clip and share it with everybody out there in the world. Because think about, and I know it sounds small and it sounds to some, it could sound cheesy or whatever, but yes, like we need that. We, our brain needs that. Our heart needs that. I mean, think about what's happening just with the physical connection. Number one, number two, like you're saying something that's positive. You're listening to other people. You're validating and let's not stop. And like, let's not, you know, forget about what all the kids are seeing. They're yep. seeing you're doing this in the hall in front of them. So they're seeing adults that are connecting, laughing, smiling. It's, 
like a win-win, win-win-win for everybody involved. I, I love that idea. Man, I can tell you stories about these schools that have taken it to like next level because it just because because it gets so good, then they think, okay, how can we make it better? Because they're teachers, that's how they think, and they'll start out with some sort of floor stopping clapping chair, <laughs> and then they'll start bringing crazy hats and they get out, and then they have a cheer they set up before they do their their daily hallway huddle, and now they have kids that are circling around like five concentric circles deep behind these teachers because they want to hear if they're going to get shouted out today or get recognized for the stuff they do in the classroom. Man, it, it's powerful. I can tell you, listen, this dude. I know of a school where um, a teacher left to she went to you know have her baby, and within three weeks she was back. Once a day, she would drive. She get her kid ready, a, a newborn, get the baby, and get back in the building with her baby, holding oh her baby, gosh. so she could be there for one minute for a daily hallway huddle. She's still not teaching, but she wants to come out for the hallway to the hallway huddle. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that is really cool. Um, there's a, a, a school that I work with in uh, the, the western part of uh, Iowa, uh, A-H, it's, a, it's this big acronym, A-H-S-T-W, uh, and they are incredible. And they every day, they, the principal that brought me in, we have these stickers that say, I love your face. And so she's like, if you give me like 500 of them every day, I'm going to pass them out to different people. And she started this daily difference maker challenge. And she just po- makes a short little post online. And she gives, you know, takes a picture of a kid with their uh, I love your face sticker. And she calls them their daily difference maker. And she's been consistently doing it. And yeah. now she's starting to receive, like, she's like, today I get received six direct messages from kids and parents saying, I have your daily difference maker. I saw this. And she's like, and it's not little things that they're doing. They're yeah. continuing to take it bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it sounds small. It's a sticker. Um, it's a, a small Facebook post. It's a huddle that you bring people together. But like you said, what people do with that small idea, all you're doing is giving them like a little seed and they just water it and they get to the, a whole nother level. And, and then yeah. it becomes expected, right? Like I bet there are teachers who, like you said, like they're coming in to not miss the hallway huddle, right? Yep. Or kids would be like, Hey, whoa, whoa, like where's my sticker today? Like where, who got the yeah. daily difference maker? Like they start remembering it and you start, you're just, all you're doing in, in a very basic foundational level is you're adding joy to a, a place that, that needs joy. Like these are, this is a place that we spend eight hours every single day doing really difficult brain, like challenging things. It's not easy to be in school. And so anytime you can add more joy into the mix, you are making it a stronger place for everybody involved. And uh, if it's as, it's as small as huddling up or giving a sticker, then great. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. No, the other thing, man, you were mentioning about the passion for the content. And, um, and, and, and you know what else is true is, um, yesterday, I man, I'm still like emotionally drained from my event yesterday in Quitman, Quitman High School and Quitman ISD. And when, when we end the day, what we do is after school, we put, um, we had a group of like 50 or 60 student leaders at the high school and we put them in the auditorium with their teachers. And it is an emotional moment of, teachers describing deeply what mm. they want for their kids as a result of them spending their life. These are the most influential adult in their lives and they know it. And here's what I really want for you. And oftentimes what really most times that it's the first time they've ever heard their science teacher, not say a word about physics, not say a word about biology. You know, it'd be the first time that their math teachers not, didn't say anything about math, didn't say a single number. And they talk about like the passion they want this, that kid to learn and to figure out like who they are and what they want to do and how they want to contribute to the world. And, and at the same time, brother, we, um, 
because of the work I do that day and the hours I spend with those kids, they're at a place where they can describe and articulate clearly the difference that's being made in their life by their teacher right now. Yeah. And it is heavy with a ton of tears and a ton of hugs and those beautiful moments, man, like, like you can see those educators becoming refueled in that moment. And, and what I've come to realize after like doing this event is um, we just don't provide teachers with enough evidence that it's working that, that the, you know, like we, we, we don't do a good, we do a great job with achievement, academic achievement and attendance and data. We do, we're, we're killing it there, all the objective stuff, but the subjective stuff, you know, we just, I, because it's happening, we just don't show teachers the evidence and the proof of it. And what, what people I think really, um, fall short sometimes and not really believing is how deeply our kids want to tell their teacher how much they mean to them. If you just give them the platform, they yeah. will share stuff that is like incredible. You're right. You're right. How, not how deeply we need to receive it, but like how deeply we want to give it, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's a give, it's, it's both. And it's yeah. like just hearing what you're talking about, the teacher standing up and just giving the thoughts and ideas and inspiration to kids and how kids need to receive that, but how kids also want to give it back and they want to share that back. They want to let them know. And they just sometimes don't have the words for it and they don't have the opportunity. So is that what you do in like a day with like the, um, what is it? The rockstar program? What do you call it? Well, that, the teaching a rockstar event is that's my that's my PD thing for teachers. But the yeah. be the one event is where we're, we're we're really trying to do what you do, man. We're trying to shift school culture in a single day and yeah. really shift the momentum and get it going and, and and steepen the trajectory of a culture on a campus. And what it, for me, it starts. Um, you know, I I typically don't do that full school assembly. I simply work with those student leaders um, for hours and hours and hours, and and teachers and administrators, and we do breakout sessions, and then we bring in all everybody together at the very end after school, and um and, and you know in those moments, I think um I know you because you spent years working with small groups of kids, and I did too in school, so I knew it and you knew it, but what I find are people are. I'm dramatically surprised at how deep kids not just are willing to go, but how deep they want to go in terms of helping an adult understand how much they mean to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And um, I, I think just giving them the opportunity and like you said, giving them the language is, is, is so incredible. And and we need that. Like as a, as a human being, there, you can be the toughest person in the world, the most yeah. callous person. And yet, we all need to be reminded that what we do matters. And the, what I read is that's the number two, the two number one or the number two, how do I say it? The two reasons that teachers leave the profession the most is number one, they don't have enough autonomy. They don't have that people breathing down their neck, telling them what to do every second of the day. Yeah. Um, and B they don't get enough. Thanks for what you do. Like, and you're making a difference. And, mm-hmm. and that can come with the principal putting a hand on the shoulder and just saying that, or it can be a student who gives uh, a deep, heartfelt sort of message, like looking eye to eye in a teacher. But they, we need that stuff in order to keep going every single day. Like you said, we need evidence that it all sort of works and that we're making a difference. You know, and it's also amazing how little evidence, when I was in the classroom, how little evidence I needed. Yeah. I need just a little thing every once in a while, man. Just get, yeah. you know, every few weeks, just, just a little something. You know, maybe it was a kid I saw in the Walmart. It's like, Bowman, hey, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. 
I'll never forget that class. It was awesome. And like, it's like, oh, there it is. Thank God I needed that. I'm good for another month. Yeah. You know, where, where I, you know, you know, it's not like these monumental, you know, mountaintop moments that we need to provide for teachers daily on, on the day, on the daily, man. It's just every once in a while, give a kid an opportunity. I always tell principals, man, if you don't have kids kicking off your faculty meeting, you are missing out, man. Like kids need to be there to kick that thing off and talk to teachers and what's happening in their life and the difference is being made because of being in this school family. Those kids yeah. want to do it. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And you're right. It's, it's, and it's, I just, it, there, the opportunities are there for us. I get, I get messages all the time from kids and sometimes it's deep, heartfelt, like you changed my life sort of moments. Yep. And a lot of times though, it's just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I always like feel like, man, maybe that's just like, you know, from a spiritual sort of sense, like little angels, like all around just being like, reminded me, like, keep going, bro. Keep going. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. Well, keep doing what you're doing. You're on the right path. Um, and because uh, in a weird sense, almost in the opposite way that a teacher maybe doesn't feel it. I, as a speaker, I do hear it all the time. And I do get messages from kids that say you're making a difference. And in a weird way, you can become numb to the positive too. Right. Yeah. And so you have to like, if you are that rock star teacher and you are doing lots and you are hearing it all the time and in a weird way, it can, that part of it can be, you can become numb to it too. And you, you, you stop realizing truly like kind of what a difference you're making and that you're, you know, you have to continue to sharpen your sword. Um, and then you continue to do what you're doing every single day and don't get, don't rest on your laurels sort of thing because like keep doing what you're doing. Like that helps remind me to keep, you know, going every day, e even when I still get a lot of stuff that's positive, uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, man, I get those messages too. And I always reply with the same, same thing. Don't worry. I don't give up, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Quit. Do you reply? Yeah. I reply to every single yeah. message. Yeah, man. Anybody who takes time to write. Out yeah. of their day to have the courage to write. Like if I can, I reply to every single one. Yeah. I had a unique one. Um, I don't even know how this happened, but, uh, a teacher somehow found my cell phone number and, um, she yeah. said, you know, I'm sure you get tons of messages, but I was just in the convocation and I want to leave you a message and left me this. I still have it on my phone. Like I'm not going to yeah. erase that. Like yeah. I probably listened, I think 500 times, you know, it's, um, the fact that she took the time to, you know, dig in deep into the Google and find my cell phone number somewhere and call me up and leave me that message. It's awesome. I was in Omaha, Nebraska. It wasn't very long ago. I'm telling you, this is the most amazing story. I get a call on my phone. I'm like, oh, California. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. It was the same city. And all of a sudden I go, hello. I normally don't answer these calls because it's normally a telemarketer or some yeah. kind of mobile call or whatever. I said, hello. Is it? is this Joe Beckman? And it's this young voice. And I'm like, Oh my uh, God. Uh, yeah. He's like, Hey, my name is Alex and I go to green Hills elementary. And I was like, Alex, what, what grade are you in Alex? He's like, I'm in fifth grade. And I was like, Alex, are you telling me that you found my number? Because I've been looking for it for three weeks. And he just <laughs> like, Man, you remember? I was like, Bro, I know this doesn't like, he's like, can I call, and he goes, can I call you tomorrow? And I said, no, you can't. Like, there's <laughs> phone calls that we can have after this point, but I have to let you know how much respect that I have for you for finding where, like, you can yeah. find me, getting my number, giving me a call, having the courage. I like, I don't think I would have ever had that. And so I called his principal and I said, hey, I need you to know that this kid called me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do like a uh, little check-in with them on like, you know, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, like right. good, for him. good for him for having the initiative and the courage and 
all of that. So I gave him 10 minutes, man. I asked that he asked me all these questions. I, I answered every single one. Yeah. I love it, dude. It's, um, you know, the other thing I was thinking, um, earlier about those teachers that seem to still have the passion and the fire and they're still so excited. You know what it is, man, is, uh, uh, just about all the time when I ask them what's going on in their life professionally, what it is, it, they are still so fired up to contribute to the lives of younger teachers. Like they're still, you know, giving and giving and giving and helping and helping and helping. And those teachers coming into the business, I think it's almost as if that's part of the recipe that's non-negotiable. Like if you're going to stay fired up in this career, yeah. you have to be constantly helping up those younger people. Yep. No, totally. Yeah. It's like the, I can't remember who was talking about those. Chris, Christopher Reeves was talking about, you know, like on Larry King, uh, Larry King was interviewing him, you know, Superman, the, had that insane injury. And he said, uh, you know, would you ever feel down? Do you ever feel like bummed out in your life? And Christopher Reese says, yeah, there's times when I do. And it's at that moment when the first thing I do is I go and figure out how I can help somebody else. And yeah, instantly man. it changes things for me. It changes my perspective and it, it, it gets me out of my world and allows me to see that I'm part of something bigger. So yeah, it should be like on the contract, right? Like if you're signing on the dotted line, you have this amount of days every year, you got to come, you have this many professional development, you have this, and you have to pinky swear that you are going to do your best to right. give back to the teachers that helped you somewhere along the way. Yeah, man. I, and you know, for me, where it's, it's most evident in my personal life and professional life is when I'm stuck creatively and like i'm just ugh, i'm just i'm not whatever yeah. that spark just isn't there i need to find somebody else in our business that we do whether you know it's a speaker or an educational consultant or, or a school leader and um and and just go brainstorm on whatever they're stuck on and then and then i get unstuck on my own stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh i think that's huge you know another thing that i think teachers that still have it like what they what they possess is the ability to, to know, and this is going to sound kind of bad from a guy who speaks on character, but th they have the ability to know when to break the rules and they know mm. when they know when to push the envelope and they know when to go places that, that maybe on paper, you're not supposed to go. And if you go there too many times, like you could probably, you know, get your hand slapped or whatever. But I, I think they, they, they know that what they need to do in that moment is more important than you know, the, the rules that they like, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I feel, I see, I feel like I say that, um, and I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth cause I don't want to say right. like, go break. But at the same time, like when I'm talking with a kid and I'm like afterwards, like a, of a talk that I give and I can tell it's a kid who's been through some stuff and like their, you know, deep soul, I'll, I'll swear. Like I'll throw a couple words out here or there just uh -huh. to like, it's interesting because they look at me like, Whoa, like you're not, you're an adult. You're not supposed to do that. Like you're in right, education. Yeah. He's what real is what the kid's thinking. Real. That's a real you know, dude right there. I know that if I break that rule and break mm -hmm. that you know, sort of common thing that I'll be able to make a stride. And I think teachers who are really so they, they know when it it's time to break that and to, to or stop a lesson in the middle and say, you know what? It's not going well right now. Let's have a conversation about like how we can make it better. Um, yep. And I just, I, I think they're, 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 they have the ability to know when to push the envelope in different ways. Man, there's so many examples of that, you know, into, uh, when on a personal level with kids, but also in terms of what you do in a classroom. Like, the, listen, I was the king of, 
Um, I might not listen. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do in terms of what we was doing in my classroom, what we were supposed to do in our school. But I was the king at providing my principals with the perception of I was doing everything that I was supposed to do in my classroom. <laughs> because you know, not everything we're supposed to do is right for my kids. But it's the law, and not the law, but it's kind of their school rules. So I, you know, I'm going to do that school rule, and they're going to feel like I'm doing it, which is all they want. With kids on, on you know, like a great example is my work. But if we have some, um, like a couple of fellas, a few fellas is, you know, in the hallway using, you know, just like atrocious language. And I'll pull them in, you know, into the, into the room and close the door. It's just the four of us now. And then I can model what it looks like for time and place. It's just us, man. I can say whatever I want with me, with me and you, because it's just us. There's yeah. a time and place, man. You're out there. You've got ladies. You've got younger kids. you got teachers and principals. you got me. Yeah. Man, that language, I'm not saying I don't use it. I'm not saying, I'm not judging the language. I'm saying there's a time and place. That's it. And sometimes when you model what that language is in that time and place right there, they kind of understand it. Yeah. 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 Um, What was I going to say? So for you, uh, what is, what is this like as as you're going into schools right now and you're working with teachers, um, what, what do you think is like the, the one thing that will you, the commonality that you see behind like teachers who are still fired up and like, you know, really passionate about what they do? You know, it's a few things, man. And um, I think it's a combination of really being in touch. And I, I've been, I've been really kind of harping on this lately. It's really being in touch with what they want for their kids. Ultimately, you know, as a result of these kids spending their lives with these teachers, like I'm not talking about just a lesson plan today. Like I know that, but using the content of your classroom as the vehicle to teach what's that one lesson that kid's going to remember forever. Because, you know, like decades from now, that kid sitting at the classroom, re- class, you know, class reunion, they're not, they're not going to remember the content. Not that they yeah. even need it, man. They got the stuff on the cell phone or they're going to have it embedded in their eye chip or whatever it is in 30 years. But like, what's the real lesson that they can't find on Google? And it's going to have an impact on who they are as a person, how they live their life, how they parent their own kids. And when the teacher can truly articulate that and have that you know, in the forefront of their mind as they're creating a lesson plan for any class that can happen in any class using the content to teach that lesson. I think for those teachers and, and they're good, they're, they're not just good at doing that, but they're good at, at looking for and identifying the evidence that it's working. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, and, and like the little things, dude, like, I, like, I think it's because of social media and Instagram and we want this Pinterest moment of, Oh my God, I changed that kid's life today. It doesn't look like that, man. It's the tiniest, simplest little, it's like just a look in a kid's eye for just a second. He may be considered what you had to say today, just for yeah. a moment. Yeah. I think that's what it is, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's, those moments, I, like if you think about like, I, I think about Mr. Westlake a lot. He was my physics teacher and uh, every single day he used story as a way to connect with us. He had his monologues and it's really interesting because if anybody ever would cut him off, he'd say, I'm sorry, it's not a dialogue. This is a monologue. And he, he'd have this like two minute story. Yeah. And I was a senior, could have dropped physics. I had no business being in physics and I didn't. I stuck with it for Mr. Westlake because he – you know, he just cared. He, he and, and he used he used his authenticity and his humor 
Um, and he used story as a, as a way to, you know, build connection in his classroom. And you just, everyone wanted to be around him. And it's like, because he wanted to be around us and like, you could feel it on a daily basis. You know, what's interesting, dude, is I, um, I've taught a lot of us. I was a band director. I taught biology, language arts, English study skills, you know, leadership and mentoring stuff. I mean, but where I really, um, where really things came together for me is when I was teaching some leadership and mentoring things because it wasn't r- real content. And oftentimes we would start, um, I call it, you know, we start in cowboy position where that means the kids would turn their desk around. We put it in the circle and the kids would sit on the desk, put their feet in the chair and we'd start that way. And, and we'd all, you know, we just go around the, we just go around the circle and we start sharing and talking and I'm just looking for, I'm looking for the lesson. You know, and kids are talking about what's going on in their life and everybody gets a chance to go. And then somebody would say something and I have a story for that. Like I've got a monologue. I've got a metaphor for that in some way. And then we would go deeper into that. And then when the kids kind of contribute to those moments, that's where we get some real value. And what I it took me so long to learn. It was almost too late, but I finally learned that that can happen in any class. That doesn't have to happen just in that class. That could happen in world geography. And not that it could, it should, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it yeah. should, and like it, that we, yes, everything you are teaching their brain is ultimately going to change their life and could change their future, but it ain't getting to their brain if we're not first connecting with their hearts. And that starts and stops with relationships. It starts and stops with knowing the people on your left and your right a little bit better tomorrow than you did today. And every time you give kids an opportunity to get into a circle and just say, Hey, what's going on today? Or how was your weekend? Or give me a one through five sort of like temperature on, on where you're at. You're giving kids an opportunity just to a, express themselves, but B, you're creating empathy because you're allowing people to just hear other people's stories and to know that, man, I'm not the only one who's a one today. I'm not the only one who had a crappy weekend. I'm not the only one who worries about this test. I'm not the only one. And, and I just think by doing that, yeah. That that five minutes of investment or seven minutes or however, 30 seconds, however you do it. Like we, we talked about this last time is like, that is what's going to make the next 45 minutes uh, of content really go places. Invest a little bit upfront or pay dearly for the rest of the class. That means, you, you, can, you know, it's one or the other. It's you're going to pay. I just yeah. have to pay a little bit upfront. Yeah. And like, you know, I always tell I mean, teachers, I can't tell you how many teachers think I'm crazy when I tell them this, but like the older the kid gets, even in the secondary, junior senior year the more they love elementary stuff and if you yeah. don't believe me go announce your class you're going to do show and tell every friday and you see some kids get fired up show and tell i love show and tell you know and um and that, that's where they you know they get to learn they get to know each other and and that's where we really create that classroom family that kids so want to be a part of well not only that is you you allow them to be kids again right like yeah. how many kids bypass like five years of their life just because they want to fit in with other people Sure. And all that stuff. And so you give them an opportunity to, to play a game like heads up, seven up that they did in second grade, which is like I've the done it, man. Dude, that with seniors. Yeah. They love it. They love, they it. love it. Or I was, uh, I led a retreat one time. Um, and like for 15 minutes, I just I said, you know, we're going to color. And they, yeah. they created enough. They're coloring pages. They're passing crayons. They're, you know, they did a great job. They just, they love, they love bringing it back like that. Yeah. So I always, yeah. I do tell that to, I, I think it's, it's interesting because, do you see this with like high school teachers? They seem to really take themselves a lot more seriously than the more so teachers. than the other grades for sure. There are definitely some professors in there. Yeah. And it's whoa, like, and, and that it's good because what you're teaching is obviously incredibly important, but like 
also reel it back a little bit, have fun, um, yeah. invest some, you know, play it, play a Disney song, uh, and see what side of the room can sing a little bit that louder than the other. Like you, you know, do whatever color, like you play, you know, show and tell or hide, heads up seven, do those little things like that, uh, that, that, that used to when they were little, they'll, they'll, they'll buy into it. Yeah, man, I was in a school recently and, um, one of the things I try to get schools to do, I really harp on this a lot is I ask them what they call that time in between classes, especially at secondary, you know, at the high school. And they say we call that passing time or whatever. And I really help them understand. Let's switch that to family time. Yeah. That, those six minutes, everyone in the school is in the hallway for those six minutes. Every teacher, every administrator, every custodian, every secretary, everybody is out there for family time. And if you can be out there for four or five minutes, well, dude, you're four or five, but you know, of the six, but let's spend a little bit of time out there. And then, and there was a school where they started have little battles on the hallways. And it started with one hallway. Somebody had a karaoke machine they brought in. They started yeah. doing karaoke in the hallway. They got like a four minute karaoke contest. And then the next hallway, they was doing the limbo and they have all the, and the one says when somebody hallway down and set up an obstacle course, they, everybody teacher drug something into the hallway where the kids had to do something to go over down the hall just to change classes. It changes the culture of the school overnight. It adds joy. You're adding yep. joy again. And why not why not continue to add more in a place that they could really use it? So, yeah, awesome. You know, you know, another example of the kids stuff, um, bringing back for high school kids is one of the things I do a lot. I mean, just about every time now, cause it's so good is when I do the be the one thing and I'm with those school leaders and yesterday we have 50 of them is we played musical chairs and, um, but we do it in a different way, man. We, I tell them, like, you know, we, we don't remove people. We keep the people. We just remove the chairs. We just got to figure out how to get on the chairs. And it turns into a huge pile of humanity trying to balance <laughs> themselves on five chairs or whatever, you know. And I warn them at first. I listen. Typically, if we play this thing right, somebody's going to the nurse, okay? If, we, if we're playing this thing the way it should be played, there's going to be an injury. But it's going to be a yeah. temporary. It's not permanent. Don't worry. It'll heal. And, It'll heal. um, yeah, but, um, you know, that's just like old school fun, man. That's like, that's like what we used to do as kids, man. Just pile on top. It's a game. And, but it's, and you, know, you know what it is, man? It's, it's those moments that we share with those kids. The reason, the true reason I do it, like, uh, you know, from professional to professional is because that's one of the things that need to happen before I earn the right to ask them to stand up and be vulnerable that afternoon. Like we have oh, to be yeah. silly in front of each other so we can earn the right to have that courage later. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a build, it's a scaffolding process, right? Like yeah. when people, I bet there's times when people say, Hey, can you do your be the one program in an hour? We don't, we don't have all the time. Day. So, all the time. Uh, yeah. If you want it to be shallow and no one's gonna do anything, <laughs> superficial and not work, do it. But yeah. what these, it takes time. And I, I think that's another thing that really great teachers still remember is that it's a marathon, not a sprint that this is, this is a relationship that's, it's an investment and you might not see the return of your investment for years, yeah. but if you invest enough in kids, you will get that email or that phone call or that kid that comes up to you and says, Bowman in the store or whatever it may be, you will see the return on your investment, but know that it's, it's not many times going to be instant right away sort of, you know, reward. It's going to, it's going to take a long time. And it's, it's, it's something that really, you know, um, it, it could take years before you actually see it. Yeah. You know, I had, um, you know, just the teachers, you know, the typical teacher is so desperate to, to know that it's working and to see the evidence of that. And like, cause I can tell, like, and I remember, um, 
you know, I would spend just an unbelievable amount of time preparing a lesson on me, whatever photosynthesis or something, you know, and yeah. then I'm, we're doing a lab and it's interactive and I spend hours and you know, I'm trying. And at the end of the day, and some kid is like, now what does this have to do with me being like photogenic? I'm like, Oh my God. You know, it's like so demoralizing, you know, yeah, so paying attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so but here's a great example is, um, my kid told me this story. He was, he's a freshman and he's in English class and they're talking about, they're having a, a long conversation about, um, irony and coincidence. And I know that conversation. I've done that conversation and I know it gets frustrating because trying to help kids understand at that age. And so, and so he's in his next class. He's in his science class next. And he, he has his pencil and he breaks his pencil, like the tip of the, you know, right there at the very tip of the lead kind of cracked off and it's at an angle hanging off. And he's looking at his broken pencil and then he reads on the pencil at the bottom, right by the eraser on the, in the paint. It's stamped in there with that gold foil stamp. It says unbreakable lead. And he's got a broken lead hanging out. Yeah. And he raises his hand and he says, I need to go to the bathroom. And so he gets the pass. He runs down the hall to his English teacher, goes in there, and she's sitting at her computer. And he walks up and he holds a pencil. And he it has and he's pointing. It says unbreakable lead. And he's pointing at the broken lead. And he goes, irony. Yeah. He goes, it happened today. Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> he said like the teacher was overwhelmed she got her phone out took a picture with him took a picture of the broken lead like it was a moment like oh my god it worked somebody learned yeah, something today awesome yeah i know man it's crazy i as a parent like i want my kid to be part of those moments like all the yeah. time like i want you to like if you have this moment you like take advantage of it i want the i want to have the kid that the teacher talks about on the weekends to all the other <laughs> teachers who had that moment so i'm yeah. always coaching them up to be like be that kid be that kid <laughs> yeah that's what i told him i said let me tell you how we can do this high school thing when you walk i don't know how academically we're getting you across the stage but i know this is what it's going to get you across <laughs> you're going to be the most kind compassionate sweet supportive funny yeah, you're going to be that kid that and yep. and we're going to and right across the stage at the end of four years. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, man, for you, what's um? I know you got the, the hub happening and you're and you're and you're still going to schools and doing conferences Um, for you. Like, what are you excited most about right now? Oh, man, uh, I'm really excited and fired up. Um, I've started bringing my guitar to places and yeah, I started all that as a, um, just a tool to connect. And the more I play, the better I get. And believe you me, I am not a real musician. <laughs> right. The fact that at this point, I know, you know, enough songs that we could put together, like, even if I just did a program just on music and like use songs as a way to like, you know, enforce or um, keep kids engaged with some messages, I think we could do that. And uh, I've, I started playing in front of adults and I really love I love that part of the performance um, yeah. and I love singing and I love, I love what a song can do to a heart and I love taking lyrics and I love breathing life into them. And I like taking messages and weaving it into the world of a teacher um, to help make sense of what they can do. Um, there's a, a fantastic song by Bruce Springsteen called hometown. And yeah. I talk about just how every school in itself is its own little hometown and there's highs and lows and good times and bad times. But at the end of the day, you, you're probably 
not going to remember the superficial things like we were talking about earlier. You're going to remember like the bones and the core of that hometown, which is the people, the teachers, the students, and the community that is your hometown. And every day we have an opportunity to make that stronger um, and just then sing a song about that and let that message just really sink in. There's something super powerful about that. It is, man. And, and uh, I talk about that with school leaders. I probably don't talk about it enough with teachers is that hometown thing. Like we talk about like you are running right, right in the middle of Houston. You're running a little town complete with yeah. transportation, healthcare, you know, food services. We got to like everything is in this building and we shut it down at the end of the day and send them on and we start a new town tomorrow. You know, it really yeah. is. And, um, also, from a, a town perspective, from smaller communities like where I was yesterday, like I love that you can create not you can create the culture of a community from what you're doing in the school, and yeah. forever everywhere people go from now on, that's what they'll say about that town because of those kids. Like, oh well, of course they're that great. Of course they're great. They're from Quitman. Well, of course. Yeah. They, well, look, they're from Quitman. They know that's how they are. That's how they do it over there, mm-hmm. you know. And I love that you can kind of create this reputation for your community based on what you're doing in school. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I would say like when I was in high school, I don't know about you, but like when we wore our letter jackets out in the community, like you, yeah. like do they still have letter jackets. I don't even know if they do have letter yeah, jackets. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. I. Uh, I just, I just knew that like every time we went out there, they told us like that stands for something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's your, that's what, that, that's what you're about. And you're talking about your hometown in that. And yeah. if you make your hometown like a non-negotiable place of respect, of connection, of character, of uh, vulnerability and humanity and authenticity, man, that's going to bleed out into the actions that, that happen from those students wearing those jackets. And then you're right. It becomes a, that's just how they do it. And they got a leg up. They go to that school. Well, good for them. Like every yeah. school should give their kid a leg up in their community and in society by providing them with, you know, adults that care and with moments where they can be real and opportunities to connect. And um, I think a school has that opportunity and responsibility every day. You know, and, the, and, and man, the beauty of it is um, oftentimes when I go to these schools and you might feel you find the same thing is I'm, I'm reaffirming what they're already doing. And thank God that these schools are out there. You know, every yeah. once in a while, uh, a principal that I've worked with somewhere else, they'll go to a new location. They have a really challenging environment where they're kicking off they're gonna, and they're going to flip this school and they'll bring me into those things. But a, a lot, a lot of times the reason they're amazing is because they're hiring people constantly to work with kids and teachers and, and help people grow. And, um, and I love, man, I can't talk. I mean, I just love what I see out there with you the, at these campuses. It is just overwhelming. Um, it's just an overwhelming feeling of, of love so many times with those uh, kids and teachers and administrators. It's powerful. It is in, I, I think there's something to be said about, getting the right people. We, you hear about this, like getting the right people on the bus and yeah. getting the, you know, making sure that your team is a strong, you know, com, you know, human connection based team, people who are really buying into your vision. Um, and so w- would you say to like a principal that how important would you say like vision is like casting a clear vision for your staff? If you're the leader of your building, it's the thing like that. It, 
not just to be able to, to just to, not just to be able to talk about it, just to live it and describe it and be so consistent every day. I mean, you know, the best example I've ever seen was this dude Springer here. He was a principal at Magnolia, the Magnolia High School, he called it. Oh. And, um, well, there's a new high school. They had a, it's a growing community. So he had, he, in his mind, he renamed the original to the Magnolia High School. So when they built the new one, people would know they were the original. And he had this thing, um, uh, called VCL and the con- he constantly harped on it, telling kids that they are valuable, that they are, that they're, they're, they're complete, valuable, complete. Like everything you need is in you, man. Like we're just going to mm-hmm. flip on the light so you can see it. It's all in there that they're valued, that they're valuable, they're complete and that they're loved. Yeah. And, and it, it, for years and years and years, he talked about it every day on the announcements. And then, you know, by the time he left, I'm telling you, like it was 100% of the student body were wearing shirts that said VCL. Everything they put on Twitter was hashtag VCL. Everything they did, everything was VCL. And that vision and to be able to articulate it clearly and consistently and not give up on it and let people feel that they're a part of it is, is amazing. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what what would you say like from their perspective like if if you could be on the hiring committee if you're if you're if you're trying to create a, a school culture or a, a school that has a culture of teachers that is strong and everything we're talking about and you're bringing people in and you're trying to vet one person from the next like what do you think is like the single most important question you think you could ask maybe that's too hard of a question but like what's a good question to ask if you could really like find yeah. that characteristic in somebody. I don't know if I've ever needed the question because I think what happens for me, and this is what I've learned is, um, and I learned this in the entrepreneur world and you're looking for those a players is what's called in these books. And, um, and it really happens in conversation and just talking about situational experiences they've had in the past. And all of a sudden it's like this neon sign above their head with an arrow that says yeah. it's one of us, man. Yeah. This is one of us. You got whatever or it takes. Or here's the thing. Um, or if it's, I, I don't know, man, maybe that's an X. Like if, if there's any, a little bit of doubt, that's an X. Yeah. Trust me. Like, and you, and I think once you experience a few times and you realize, Oh, that was one of those. I thought maybe it could go either way. I'm just going to give him a chance. No, man, wait for the neon sign. Yeah. Like it's that, it's that important. And, and I just, I did a podcast with Rob Carroll. He's one of my other favorite principals. He's also, he's a professor now. And, um, he talked about just, he wanted people to know that this is a different kind of school and it's a different kind of staff and different kind of kids. And he's done, um, they did interviews in the park with kids there at the interview asking questions. They did interviews at midnight. Hey, can you meet us up at school at midnight? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, just to see, just to see if they show up at midnight, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, just, just make, letting me know, man, this is a place that makes a difference by being different. It starts with the interview. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love, uh, I, you know, it's so, so interesting. I was, I was talking to some principals the other day and, uh, that's a very, very difficult job. Being oh a principal. I can't every decision you make as a principal, you're yeah. making. 50% of your audience real happy with you. And then other 50% will ticked off. And then the next decision, it's a, it's a vice versa sort of thing. And, and then this, the, the one that really sort of stuck out with me, I was talking to an elementary school principal. Um, and he said, not only am I dealing with my own stuff in my own life, he's like, I have 
27 other employees that could call me at any time of the night that yeah. will need to tell me about miscarriages and they'll need to tell me about domestic violence and they'll need to tell me about sicknesses and they'll need to. And so I'm carrying the weight of all of those other people. And every day I'm supposed to show up and I'm supposed to put my best self forward and yeah. it can be really, really hard. It's a lonely world to be a principal, man. Man. I, and it, just for their own, um, self-care and preservation and emotional health. Like, gosh, I just wish, I wish, I, I know that some places do a great job. Some, some districts are phenomenal, but not everyone is phenomenal in that providing just a safe place and like forcing principals to get together and just share their own stuff with each other. Cause they can't share with their staff, you know, to sh- and, yeah. and, and provide a form where they can, they can count on each other and keep it confidential. It's just us. We know what's going. We're, we're principals. We know what's, how hard this thing is and they can, they can process it and share and talk about their successes and where they struggle and where they, they feel like they're falling, failing their, their school and where they're, they don't, they know they're doing a good job. Those conversations are critical. We just don't provide. It's like you have to force principals to do it though. Well, and yeah, because I mean, literally, there's it's like they're like lawyers. They 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 can't take them. They've, any minute away from their phone is a minute they could be answering or putting out another fire, right? Like, yep. and so it's really really tough. But I think what you're saying is, in, in so many ways, like every just like what we talked about, what principals need to provide their staff and what staff needs to provide kids is like moments of vulnerability and time where they can connect and that like superintendents and people above within the district. It just keeps going up the chain of command. They need to be providing it. Um, for their building leaders, their, you know, their principals and APs. And, you know, I just think this, the, the, the strongest districts are the ones that if you keep going up the chain of command, they yeah. see how important, you know, and they have that vision and they see how important it is taking care of, of all of their people along the way and, and making this a priority. You know, I asked a, uh, an administrator recently, I asked her, um, they had a, like a really challenging situation going on in the district and, um, a really, really hard situation. And I asked her, I said, in these moments, do you think, oh my gosh, why did I sign up for this? Or do you think, thank God I signed up for this because this is really hard and I want to be the one that handles this. Yeah. And she said that right there. I think I, I've never thought, ugh, why me? I think, thank God they have me for this. Yeah. I don't want anybody else to handle this. Wow. And what it, I'm like, I can tell you right now, I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. I can handle yeah. my stuff and the people around me, but those kind of challenges, I just, I know that's not, I know like I'm self-aware enough to know that's not my personality. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I could take some of that on, but I, I couldn't take, I mean, just a me, school district organization standpoint, it would be just a hot, hot mess. Like yeah. I can't be thinking, I always think to myself, so you have to check in with every single one of these people multiple times throughout the year. Right. Like how do you get anything else? Like, it's just like that alone, like yeah. the amount of people that they are in charge of. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, um, um, you, you got any events coming up? Tell me what, tell, tell me what your next week is. Where, where yeah, are you I next got a, week? I got a huge one coming up in your neck of the woods. Actually, what are you doing down week? here? There is a, a restorative practices conference. Yeah. Dallas Fort Worth. It's going to be huge. I think there's going to be over a thousand people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on fourth and fifth of November. Um, so it, it'll, by the time this airs, it'll be probably it'll way be after for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I've I've been to Dallas before. 
but um, I'm excited yeah. that I can be back and this will be a huge conference. So I, I, I have a, I have a, uh, I have this small hunch that I'll be hanging out in Texas a little bit more after this yeah. conference. Um, you, for sure. You will. Of course you will. That's the way it works, man. I love that restorative deep. practice thing. Um, um, people don't know about it, man. That is something to check out and dig deep into. And uh, I get a lot of, photos from those conferences because apparently they show a number of my morning quotes that i post on facebook oh, wow. yeah so i've seen my like hey i'm at the sort of thing in new mexico and there is and there's one from washington dc and one was here in texas and these are teachers that hey, i know that guy and i'll take a picture of the of the screen while they're in the conference and send it to me that's funny i've actually had that before too where people call me and be like hey i saw your video I'm like, right. yeah, we're just here. Like, at this counter, I was like, I wasn't there. They're like, oh yeah, somebody else played it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's when you know, like, you're doing something great when like other people are playing your stuff or showing your quotes or whatever. Yeah. But I just, I just a little bit. I was like, that's funny. Hey man, I'm heading to uh, New Jersey on I don't know when Monday I think or Tuesday, and okay. so I'm gonna do my thing up in the Northeast. I uh, I met a lot of beautiful people in New Jersey this last week, and I was at the Character.org National Conference in Washington D.C. And I met a lot of people in Texas, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of Houston Astro fans that were uh, cheering on their squad. And then uh, I met a lot of people from New Jersey. So what part of New Jersey? I'm going to the Gateway School. I can't remember the name of the town, but I'll have to get back you to you. you know, like northern, southern, central, like anywhere in between? Like it's hard to know at this point. I'm going to go southern because I think I'm flying to Philly. So I think it's probably oh, southern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be southern. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a cool area. I, uh, a lot of friends down there. So uh um, I hope you do well. That'd be great. I, 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 maybe you know what would be really great is if we could do something together sometime. Just we talk it about it all the time, man. We just got we. You know what we'd have to do is look far into the calendar and just figure it out and pick a date and make it happen. Is what we need to do. Do it something up there with you, and then do something here in Texas with me, and just do back to back stuff. Okay, let's make it happen. All right. Hey, brother, I appreciate you doing it, man. It's always a blast to talk to you, and I love when I meet people on the road and they say, "Man." You know Joe Beckman? I go, heck yeah, I know that guy. And so, man, the work that you do is um, is spreading like wildfire, and it's because it's so important. It's so needed, man. I'm proud of you, brother. Thank you so much for all you do. Thanks, Steve. You're awesome. All right. Take care, man. This has been the Teach Like a Rockstar podcast with Hal Bowman. Subscribe, rate, and share from halbowman.com forward slash podcast. 